Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson is a show about the journey of motherhood. Joining you on your greatest adventure, here's Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. I'm Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy, and unfortunately, we've been hearing a lot in the news lately about the college admission scandal, and the backlash just continues as more wealthy parents and school officials now lose their jobs. Well, I have with me Richard Watts. He is the foremost expert on the impact of wealth on American families, and he says the worst is yet to come. These parents will stop at nothing, you say, to make sure their kids don't face hardship. It's almost like an addiction. Watts is the author of Entitle Mania. Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Good. So tell me a little bit about your book, Entitle Mania. Well, Entitle Mania was written really to help parents identify the fact that there are forces that are working out there that they that they believe are are enveloped in the world of loving your kids. But ultimately, in reality, they're becoming an issue of enablement and codependency. Mm. And the book was written to try to tell parents, look, it's time to look really hard in the mirror and to recognize that that basically always trying to give your child everything and to keep them from struggling, to keep them from failure, to keep them from disappointment, really is beginning to breed not only an enabled child that winds up being entitled at some point, which you don't want, but it winds up being uh, breeding a, a codependent and kid-centric mom or dad whose whole life is centered around their kids. Right. And look, I'm a mom of a two-year-old, so I don't have that much mom experience yet, but I can definitely see why a parent would want to do everything in their power they possibly can to make sure their kids are happy, healthy, doing the best that they can do. However, like we've seen in this last week, that is not always the best for your child. Yes, I I really do think that the one thing missing in that, that discussion with early moms is that, you know, they really need to recognize that struggle and and things that are controversial for their kids, if they're if there's if there if there's hurt, those types of things are really opportunities for you. And yet you want to get rid of them. You want to pass on them. You don't want them to hurt your kids. You don't want them to feel disappointed. And yet there's an opportunity that's coming and it's like a skill set. It's like a fastball, only now at kids level it's a slow ball. And you gotta teach your kids to put the mitt up and catch the ball. And mm-hmm. and if you're always doing it for them, you're never going to have give them the opportunity to develop that reflex to begin to say, hey, look, it, that hurt. I'm not going to do it again. That child bullied me and that didn't feel good. And I'm certainly not going to bully other kids. And I'm going to learn that I don't want to be around that kid. So there's so many different opportunities that are coming to your kids all the time. And uh, and, and it gives you the chance to help them begin to progress in that area of handling obstacles because the obstacles get more substantial as they get older. And if you keep them from all of these different bacterial cultures of, of the world, when you put them out into the world at 18 with the disease that's out there from a, from a sociological standpoint, they're going to get infected with things that they haven't been used to fighting. Right. It's so true. And it could sound so trivial, but it really does start with your two-year-old throwing a tantrum about not being able to play with something or take their stroller outside. And I find myself giving in many times. And my brother says to me, no, you have to allow her 
to feel disappointment and to be sad about things and to deal with it and move on. So tell me, we've talked a little bit about the dangers of drone parenting, but just really the toxic extremes of entitlement and creating a me generation. Is this what we're doing right now? Well, I think everybody's doing it, but I think I want to take my foot off the throat of parents and say, I understand it's it's being done out of love, that love is really what it's about. I mean, that's the emotion you're feeling is I love my kids and I really want I really want them to be able to get, you know, to to experience all this great stuff in life. But I don't want them to feel the bad stuff because it really and truly is hurtful. And you remember, it goes right back into your own world of of hurt and you want to protect your kids from that. And mm-hmm. uh, and what we're doing, if we're not careful, is that we're basically bringing these kids along all through their early adulthood, and we're creating a generation of kids that really don't know how to how to manage struggle. And our country has been really, you know, in a in a very low struggle uh, era ever since World War II in Vietnam. There has not been a lot of things that broadcast to us how difficult. Uh, life in humanity really is. And so we've kind of gotten very nestled into our own little internet centered drone of of what we can do for our kids and, and how life should be, you know, really fun with all of these different things that are available. And, and it really is something that you want to, you, you owe it to your generation to make family an important and strong type of a of an element and not something that's just a breeding ground for something you're going to launch later on you know families you you owe a legacy to the future to make your kids as strong as you can so they know how to make their kids strong right exactly so what are some techniques that you have maybe taught parents for as far as creating boundaries and other things that they can do when trying to navigate this fine line of keeping their kids happy but also putting down boundaries well, a couple of things. How do you identify, first of all, that you've got a problem? Right? I mean, your your husband's not going to tell you, right? And your parents, they they kind of they want to see their grandkids, so they're not going to tell you. I think the first thing you do is you go to a neighbor or a friend and you say, "Look, it. Just like the the show Survivor, I'm going to give you immunity. I'm going to tell you right now that I want you to be really straight with me. <laughs> I want to give you immunity. I'm I'm going to love you even after you tell me." What do you think of my kids? And do you see entitlement? Do you see something going on? Would you please be honest with me and just tell me and let right. them tell you and, and tell them afterward, hey, I, that's what I asked for. And you gave me just what I asked for, because the truth is we used to in, in, in yesteryear, the neighborhood raised kids. And so you didn't want to offend your parents. But by gosh, you didn't want to offend Mrs. Wilson down the street because she would come to your parents right. and then there'd be heck to pay. So now you don't use that resource. So one of the ways of identifying the issue is to check with people that care about you and let them be honest with you and say, yeah, you've got a spoiled little brat that treats everybody very poorly. But I think in answer to your question about what can be done, what do you really do? You need to stop providing answers. The world will bring lots of issues to you. You don't have to go in search of obstacles. You don't have to go in search of struggles. You have to begin to just let the struggles occur and not great, not bring solutions. So rather than fall, when your two-year-old or three-year-old doesn't want to eat, rather than follow them around the living room with a spoon and a fork, <laughs> you know, that you're, you're here, you need to eat something. And so you're literally following these kids around and feeding them. You know, you say, we, we eat at the table. And if you don't want to eat at the table, you don't have to. But we don't eat. You know, you just 
Right. That, that used to happen to me. That that happened about once or twice where I went to bed hungry. And right now, if I said that to you, you'd think, oh, my goodness, does that qualify as some sort of child endangerment? <laughs> but I'm telling you that, you know, going to bed hungry once or twice was the end of me not eating properly at the table. So you need to right. be a smart parent and you need to start to to recognize that when these obstacles occur, you need to let them find solutions because they're going to come to you 10 times a day. Mommy, what about this? What about this? And you need to say, you tell me, what do you think about this at all ages? What do you, how, how would you handle this? I know you can handle this. And then right. when they do, don't always correct them because you may have a better way, but let them exercise their way for a while and see if their solution works. And if it doesn't, now you're teaching the dynamic of reevaluating. So mm-hmm. those, are, those are important items. Yes, excellent advice. And just, you know, we're talking about how this relates to the wealthy with the college admission scandal. But something like this really affects parents in all income brackets. They're guilty of this. Yes. And I've even lectured in Washington, D.C., where I've had women in the projects that have come to me and said, I've got three kids, no husband, and I'm on welfare. And you've taught me something. I said, what's that? They said, you know what? You've taught me that I shouldn't buy my kid the $130 sneakers that he wants to have going to school at the age of nine. But I want him to have them because he wants them. And I'm willing to cut down on food in order to get him those sneakers because he wants them. I mean, that's really crazy. Right. Exactly. That is crazy. And obviously hearing it from the outside, it's crazy. But when you are in it and when you're that parent that wants to do everything for your child, like you said, it's really easy to not see that. So Richard Watts, tell me, where can people go to find your book, Entitlemania? Entitlemania is available in all different forms, uh, Audible and whatnot for uh for the audio portion and uh, Amazon for uh, for the written portion. Then they downloaded on Kindle. Uh, you can get it any, any way you want to get it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for shedding some light on this topic, which everybody has been talking about this last couple of weeks. And I'm sure it will not stop. As you said, the worst is yet to come out. Richard Watts, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Coming up next, we're going to be speaking with somebody from Schleich. If you are looking for a really neat toy for your child or a collectible figurine, you're not going to want to miss my talk with Chris Swam. Coming up a little later in the show, there's new controversy on eggs yet again. Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson. Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson is a show about the journey of motherhood. Joining you on your greatest adventure, here's Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. We were talking last week about the toy fair that was held in New York City, and I loved meeting so many different brands that were there, but in particular, Schleich, because they are such a classic brand of toys and collectibles for kids and adults alike. So on the line with me, I have Chris Sorry. So on the line with me, I have Chris Swam. He is the Schleich USA Marketing Communications Manager responsible for executing and managing the company's marketing and communications programs, providing Schleich with his expertise in value and brand management, communications planning, and public relations execution. Hi, Chris. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Sure. So tell me a little bit about Schleich. I got to see firsthand just the intricacy and how amazing every figurine and every toy that you have just is in the work and the craftsmanship that goes into it. But for those who aren't familiar with Schleich, tell us a little bit about the brand. Well, Schleich is a, it's a European company, uh, headquartered in the Schreiber's in Germany. 
uh, been around for about 84 years. Uh, they are uh, known for their high-quality, handcrafted, hand-painted figurines. We're one of the largest animal figurine manufacturers in the world. Uh, you know, and we have a philosophy that you know we want to be able to you know, promote creativity and imaginative, uh, imaginative play opportunity for children. You know, via the you know via our animals and help them really develop themselves. You know, w- through you know through good playing ca- concepts with our animals. Right, exactly, because I think open-ended creative play is so important at all ages and stages of childhood. And you have six play worlds for children ages 3 to 12. Tell me about those. Right, we have uh, we have three that uh, we kind of consider to be our uh, preschool uh, re- recruitment-type franchises with the our farm world and our wildlife. Uh, they're targeting, you know, kind of the lower end of like the, you know, the, the, the three to, you know, probably like the three to three to five, four to six range uh, when children are just starting to get their first exposure to animals and, you know, developing their you know, motor skills and, and, and just starting that uh, starting that path of, you know, of, of a creative learning process. Um, then we go into our dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are a little, for a little older child, um, right on the edge of probably preschool to in school. Uh, you know, they're a little bit more of an aggressive play age. I hate that word aggressive, but um, let's say a more interactive play age. Uh, and then you go into our uh, our horse club, which is for an older, you know, more of our older child. You know, it uh, you know, focuses on, uh, you know, uh, life, you know, life on a horse farm or not a horse farm, but on, a, you know, with a horse club. You know, you have four four girls, four teenage girls that are, you know, they all you know grow up together and they hang out together and they ride together and, and children can kind of, uh, you know, form their own fantasies through that. And then you have our two fantasy lines, uh, Eldador and Biala, which are, you know, they are the kind of the cusp of the, the amount of play uh, for us. You know, this is where you have things that are outside of the normal animals. You have fairies, you have unicorns, you have, um, you have things like uh, mermaids. You have uh, in our Eldador world, you have creatures that are kind of spawned by animals, but they've evolved. You've got a fire bull, you have an ice dragon you've got a fire dragon you've got a battle crab so really allows children to be able to you know still have a connection to animals but have an opportunity to you know experience uh you know fun play in a an extreme uh, fantasy world Right. Which is so neat because, I mean, as you know, kids of all ages, my daughter just turned two and she already is into unicorns, but I don't think she quite understands fantasy versus not. But I think it's so great that you have all those different lines of toys. Now, also, you do a lot of research in Schleich to come up with just the most up to date research when designing your figurines. Right. We can we and we come to things a couple of different ways. I mean, obviously, we do market research. You know, we you know, we go out there and we, you know, we have test groups we work with and we, you know, we do a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, inter, you know market interviewing and you know, trying to figure out, you know, what are our consumers like? We, you know, what is millennial mom like? What are, what are her triggers? What are, what are the triggers for our children? Um, it, you know, it, just to get the ideas for, you know, how we can continually improve, you know, our animal figurines and our play worlds. But on top of that, we also work closely with scientists and paleontologists to make sure that, you know, like animals like our dinosaurs are the most realistic they can be. Yeah, which is really neat because I don't know many toy companies that would do that. So I think that just adds a real extra dimension. So where can people go to see all of the products that you offer, your website, maybe social media, and, and to buy anything that they're interested in? 
Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, our website is probably the first and foremost uh, place for people to go. Uh, www.schleich-s.com, and that'll take you to you know our, our our full portfolio for what we have for 2019. Uh, other places where you can keep up with us, obviously, we we have a Schleich Facebook, we have a Schleich Instagram, uh, we have a Schleich Twitter. Uh, starting to look at things like uh, Pinterest and and expanding our world there, and then. You know, it, it, we have a few videos on YouTube and also looking to expand that uh, moving forward to 2019. Perfect. And for those who might not know how to spell Schleich, just so they can get to your website real easily, it's S-C-H-L-E-I-C-H. Chris Swam, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you, Michelle. And uh, always remember, hashtag I like Schleich. All right, there you go. I like Schleich. That's very catchy. Chris Schwamm, he is the Schleich USA Marketing Communications Manager. And again, you can head to their website to check out all their really neat figurines. They make great gift ideas for, like I said, both kids and parents. They're great collectibles. They can be passed down from generation to generation. I'm Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. More coming up in just a few. We're going to talk with a sleep expert if you're having issues trying to get your baby or toddler to go to sleep. Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson. Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson is a show about the journey of motherhood. Joining you on your greatest adventure, here's Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. And I am excited to have with me Carolyn Harvey. She's nationally known as the baby sleep expert. She's author of the ebook series Dream Baby Nights, an ebook series that demystifies the four most popular sleep training methods. She's also a brand ambassador for the iconic baby skincare brand, Baby Magic. And I am happy to talk with you, Carolyn, because knock on wood, my two-year-old sleeps well now. <laughs> but <laughs> definitely I say that because I know it'll change. But we went through a lot as she was getting to this point. And I have another baby due in a couple of months, and I know we'll be going through it again. And I have to say, I read some of these books while I was trying to figure out the best way to get her to sleep at night. And I just found that a lot of these sleep training methods just didn't work for me. And I didn't agree with them. And I kind of said, you know what? I'm just going to do what works for me. And I read that you pretty much did the same thing. And that's what came about how you became the baby expert that you are now with sleep training. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations on baby number two. That's exciting. (laughs) Thank you. Wonderful. You know, it's true. I can totally relate to what you just said. You know, I'm known as the mom who broke every rule in the book. When I had my daughter, I just assumed that babies ate, slept, and pooped, right? (laughs) She she ate and uh, her diapers were full, but the sleep part did not come that easy for us. And I really did go it alone for quite some time. And I got to a point when she was about 11 months old where I thought, gee, you know, she's not getting the healthy sleep that I know she needs. I'm exhausted. She's exhausted. I'm frustrated. And I just felt like I was missing something. So I did a lot of what you did. I took to the internet, right? I Googled a million things. I bought dozens of books and Mm -hmm. I just couldn't put it together. And really 
the sleep deprivation that I was experiencing was so overwhelming. We, we don't, you know, kind of give it the attention that it deserves, but parents are exhausted and navigating mm-hmm. through, you know, a big 150, 200-page book, no matter how amazing it is, it's just really overwhelming. So, yeah, there's no time for that. I don't understand. No. I have yeah. bookshelves of books and books that people gave me, and I just, I really wanted to read them. I did, and I felt badly that I wasn't, but there's just no time. There's no time. And then just, I mean, I could barely write the subject line of an email, let alone read an entire book. So that's really how I got started. And I myself hired a sleep consultant, sight unseen, references unchecked. A friend of mine said, oh, I hired a sleep consultant. And I said, what? Mind you, this (laughs) is seven years ago. And she was like, yeah, it was epic. Changed my life. I said, give me your number. And that was it. I was off to the races. And it was so passionate about the results that I got. And I just knew I had a higher purpose and a calling to take this message to tired parents across the world. So mm-hmm. that's where we are now. But the ebook series is so exciting. And we're talking about books and not wanting to sit through 200 pages. I wrote an <laughs> ebook series. <laughs> right. I wrote an ebook series that demystifies sleep training. And the great part, Michelle, they're about 16 to 20 pages. I mean, Perfect. just just the magic sauce that you need in order to be effective. So really, the key, the key for so many people is finding something that works for their family, works for their baby's temperament, their parenting style, their cry tolerance. And the great news is all of the methods work. Every single one of them works. The Mm -hmm. key to success is aligning one with your baby's temperament and honestly, mom and dad's cry tolerance. Right. I I don't practice cry it out. It's effective and I support choice. And a lot of my clients who are returning to corporate America and work, their maternity leave sadly is ending at nine weeks, 12 weeks. And they need to get baby sleeping. So they take a more direct approach and I support choice. My ebook series, however, does not include Cry It Out. It's the four most popular sleep training methods. It's a quick guide breaking down the nuts and bolts of each one, which is check and console, pick up, put down, chair method, and silent return. All of them include mom and dad and caregivers providing love and direction to our babies and toddlers to help everybody get better sleep. So that's and I like that. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I personally am a fan of that. My husband and I disagreed. He was more of the fan of the cry it out. I yep. said, okay, I'm going in the shower. I can't hear this. And then when I got out of the shower and the crying was still going on, I said, I can't. I firmly believe that they need to feel love and they need to know that we are there to nurture them and to be there. And I don't know. I don't think they're playing a game with us at that age. I feel like they just need the love and attention. But again, I could be wrong. And like you said, everybody uses their own method. So tell me a little bit about each of the methods that you talk about in your ebook series. Absolutely. So in Dream Baby Nights, we break it down by the four methods. So I will tell you that check and console is the most popular method because it gets results the fastest, still allowing mom and dad to provide 
loving direction the entire time. So in quick summary, it goes a little like this. You need to have a cry tolerance of a minimum of three minutes. So you took a shower and came back. I'm guessing it was longer than three minutes. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> as, long, as long as you can tolerate waiting out of, outside of the room for three minutes, then check and console can work for you. If the answer is no, honor that. Take a step back and say, you know what, this isn't the method for me. And then consider pick up, put down or chair method, which has you in the room the entire time. So for check and console, it's really designed for our baby's temperament where their temperament is a little bit intense, right? Mm -hmm. So when we pick them up, it's not soothing to them. They're agitated by it. And really cueing into our baby's temperament and choosing a method that's aligned with their temperament and our cry tolerance is where success comes together. So with check and console, you would wait outside of the room for three minutes when baby started to cry. You would go to baby after three minutes. We don't pick up with this method. We're not picking up the baby. If you want to pick up, choose a different method. We go to baby. We pat, pat, shush. It's okay. It's night, night time. It's time for sleep. We're rubbing their back. We could pump their legs to release some gas. And we're leveraging a sleep mantra. And it's really just as simple as it's night, night time. It's time for sleep. We're using a calm, soothing voice. We're mindful of our tone and our body language because our babies really vibe off of that energy. We're Mm -hmm. giving them loving direction. We're in the room one to two minutes. And then we're out of there. Even if baby is still crying, we leave the room. We reset the timer, rinse and repeat. So we're continually checking, giving loving direction if they were to need a diaper change, right? We did a quick sniff mm-hmm. check. Sure. We could change, pick them up, change the diaper by all means. Always change the diaper if necessary. Put them right back down and continue on with check and console. Great. Really, it's it's super simple, and the consistency and mom or caregivers providing that loving direction, pat, pat, shush, it's okay, it's nap time, or it's nighttime, it's time for sleep, is really the key to success. Got the it. Cry, so quickly, walk us ahead. through the pick-up, put-down, the chair yeah. method, and the silent return. Okay, okay. So pick-up, put-down, super simple. It literally is exactly as it sounds. You do not have to wait at all with any timed increment for crying. You, this is designed for a no to low cry tolerance. Okay. You would go to baby the moment you heard them. You would pick them up immediately out of the crib, hold, pat, pat, shush, use your loud S, shh sound, and you're going to hold them until calm. The key to success with pick up, put down, and where everybody goes wrong when they reach out and say it didn't work mm-hmm. is because they held them until they fell asleep versus holding until calm, placing down, rinsing, and repeat. So that's Got pick it. up, put down, Okay. Chair method is another great method designed for babies who do not find comfort when you pick them up. They arch their back. They may wince away from you. It's aggravating to them. But 
you're not comfortable being out of the room while they're crying. You want to be present and in the room the entire time. You sit in the chair. The chair is not directly next to the crib. It needs to be ideally a foot or two away. We're not Mm -hmm. holding baby's hand to sleep or toddler's hand to sleep. We're sitting in the chair. We're repeating our sleep mantra over and over again. We're avoiding eye contact with baby. They know we're there. They're not alone and afraid. We're right there. We're giving them loving direction and we're sitting in the chair, eventually transitioning to just a shh after we've said our sleep mantra a couple times. And we're sitting there with them, riding it out. Okay. Got That's it. Great okay. for toddlers, anybody who may be concerned of separation anxiety. Okay. We're placing our parents in the room with their babies or toddlers. One important mm-hmm. note for sleep training as a whole, we never start before 16 weeks from our estimated due date. All of these methods are designed for four months and older. Okay. Got it. And then the, yeah, the last method. It's silent return. Silent return is really geared towards our toddlers who are in a big bed or a toddler bed. No more crib. They can physically get out. So it's exactly what it sounds like. We put them to bed. Anytime they come out of their room, we silently return them place them back in their bed, and leave. They're literally right on our heels chasing us out the door. We ex- You know it, right? We expect that. We turn around real quick, and we, and we guide them right back. The key to success with silent return is the silent part. Okay, it can't become a game and we do not break the cardinal rule of negotiating with toddlers. Yes, because that is a big thing that toddlers love to do is negotiate. And I'm guilty of that. And not for sleeping, but for everything else. If she wants more, she loves almond butter. Almond butter, I'll say no. And they'll say, okay, just one more. And she says, okay. And we do this. This goes on all day. And I think, oh, I'm succeeding because I'm compromising with her. But when it comes to bedtime, not the way to go. Not the way to go with bedtime, but I will say I, uh, myself and my entire team of certified infant and toddler sleep consultants, I have seven amazing women on my team supporting our customers nationally throughout the U.S. and Canada. Um, And we offer what's called the bedtime pass. So imagine the uh, door hanger at your hotel that says, do not disturb or housekeeping, please. Imagine creating something that looked like that. We have them and we give them out to our clients, but you could easily create this or just a little note card or even a post-it note. And it's designed for toddlers and it empowers them at bedtime. We want them to feel in control and we offer them the bedtime pass, which means every night they get one more book, one more song, one more snuggle, one more hug, one more sip of water, whatever their thing is, right? And we yep. give them that gimme so that they feel in control, okay? So then you would just get their buy-in, Michelle, and you would say, to, what's your daughter's name? Eden. Eden. Okay, sorry. I knew that. So you would say to Eden, okay, Mommy will give you one more song. We're going to use your bedtime pass. And you get buy-in from her. Have her hand it it to you. And you say, okay, Eden, we're going to use your bedtime pass, right? And then it's night-night. You get her to articulate a buy-in, and you're good to go. Then from there on out, no more negotiation. I love it. Absolutely love it. Carolyn Harvey, such great advice. Where can people go if they want to learn more about you, how to get in touch with you, and to get your ebook series? 
Absolutely. So visit us at www.dreambabysleep.com. If you want to get directly to the ebook, it's dreambabysleep.com backslash ebook. It's also available on Amazon. So you can soon, I'm ecstatic to share, soon in late mid spring, next month actually, you'll be able to get our ebook series as a free download available in Baby Magic's Sweet Dreams in a Bag Bath Time Essentials gift set. So it will come available at major retailers um, throughout the U.S. And you'll get those amazing Baby Magic bath products for that calming bath routine. And also you'll get a digital download of one of the e-books, one of your choosing. It will take you to our website that we partnered with Baby Magic on and you'll choose those filters and choose which ebook you want to use based on your baby's temperament and cry tolerance. Carolyn Harvey, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. More coming up in a few. Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson. Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson is a show about the journey of motherhood. Joining you on your greatest adventure, here's Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. I have to say I was very discouraged to read yet another egg study that now talks about three or more eggs a week being bad for you, that it could be linked to increased heart disease because of the cholesterol you're consuming. And I feel like I'm on a roller coaster because a few years back, I never ate egg yolks. It was always the whites, always asked for egg white omelets. And then I was told the yolks is where most of the nutrition is. And it's very healthy for you. The choline, the omega-3s, everything else in the egg yolk. So I went back and I've been eating full on egg omelets and scrambled eggs. And that's a main staple in my daughter's diet. And now this most recent study came out. So I have with me on the phone, Marshall Stevenson, also fellow parent and comic. And I'm just curious, what do you think about this new study? Yeah, I mean, it's the worst because you're, you're, this one is reputable just like the other ones. Right. It's terrible. I mean, usually I can sort of like go through and sift through like this one has a reputable author and this, but they're all reputable. And so now you really don't know to who to believe, but I guess you have to believe the latest one and stop eating eggs. It's ridiculous. Now, I, I used to gloat that I never went to the egg white thing. So I used to say, hey, I've been right all the time. And now that gets taken away from me, too. It's really stuff. <laughs> right. And I mean, and that's like a big food that I feed my daughter. And when she was really young and wouldn't eat vegetables, I would blend all types of vegetables up and put it in an egg omelet. And that was my way of getting it to her. And I wonder if this study you were saying before, maybe a lot of people who eat eggs also eat bacon. I'm thinking maybe a lot of people who eat eggs make cheese omelets and maybe it's the cheese But who knows? People who eat eggs have different personalities, and those personalities are more prone to heart (laughs) disease. And that's the – it isn't the egg at all. It's that people who eat eggs also eat terrible other foods. But eggs are supposed to be considered healthy. See, I always thought of myself like, oh, I had eggs for dinner. I'm being really healthy tonight. I think you got to cut down, though. I think like – You know, sometimes people get so invested in the health choices that they make that they find new research and then they were wrong this whole time and they kind of cling to it because they've been, it's like as if like, 
It's like you know, it's like my uh, my my wife's parents. Like they can't believe they 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 were doing something wrong by feeding her something. Mm-hmm. You got to go with the latest information. I don't know about that, though. I feel that there's always something behind the latest research. Why did somebody decide to put together this study? Are they trying to debunk other foods? I think I am still going to stick to eating eggs. Maybe I'll switch it up a little more. Maybe I'll make two egg whites, one yolk in my omelet instead of three whole eggs. But I'm still going to continue feeding my daughter eggs and consuming eggs. All right. Well, we'll see you in the hospital because I made bad life choices also. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna. I don't know. I don't know. This study was pretty good. I think we're gonna have to curtail the eggs now. And you know, you know what it is. It's that the people who believe in evidence-based decision making get things wrong all the time. But you know who gets it wrong even more? People who make decisions by gut. So you gotta, you know, it's like, I believe in climate change, but, uh, you know, so because it's the latest study that says it's true. Right. But, you know, this egg study wasn't a controlled experiment. It was a so-called observational study, which, you know, we can go online and read more about the details of it and which I'm going to do, because, again, I'm not so sure I believe this. Um, But again, it's you have a a different coffee study that comes out every other week as well. It's healthy for you. It's not healthy for you. So I think it's just up to us what we decide for ourselves. And Look, we have grandparents who may have lived to very old age, and they didn't think about any of this. They didn't think about the hormones in their meats. And so, I don't know. There were no just... hormones in the meats back then. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> what do you Maybe mean not. they didn't worry about that? <laughs> Maybe All not. Right, well, it's a yeah. terrible story. It just ruined my day. It's yeah. hard because, you know, you can't, I don't even care. I eat McDonald's myself, but I don't want to give her bad food. And we gave right. her like one egg a day for a year. I'm sure she'll be okay. Eggs, that's terrible. It's like lethal. <laughs> it might as well be taken in by the authorities. Oh, no. <laughs> I think if you keep her with the eggs and not the other stuff that you say you eat, I think she'll be okay. Marshall Stevenson. Just my opinion. Thank you so much for joining me today. As always, so much fun. And the debate continues. What types of food are healthy? What types are not? What should we stay away from? You know, I used to be extremely strict with my diet. And I swore that when my daughter was born, no sugar, no carbs, healthy, healthy, healthy. And you should see what I let her eat now. Not to the extreme, but I think all parents eventually realize that maybe their ideals are not so easy to uphold. I'm Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show. And don't forget, you can head to my website, PassportMommy.com, to listen to this and any other shows in the past or download them from your favorite podcasting platform. Have a great rest of the day, and I'll talk to you next week. Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them?
Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.